As few as two weeks to go in many high-stakes leagues, regular seasons, FFPC for one, waiver night, and oh boy. I mean, I just, I was complaining about this on WGR yesterday, and I'm sure it made no sense. I deserve no sympathy <laughs> to most listeners, but oh, I'm just trying to dig up these names, all the tight end injuries. And I sit down with Adam tonight. I'm like, he said, how you doing? You know, just like a person would. And I said, waivers. He's like, you, you said it all. <laughs> so deadlines in a few hours, two and a half hours or so. We'll tell you what we're thinking. Also, look at all these tight end injuries and holy cow, what to do now. I'm going to show you a team that I, I just, I'm losing to it. I'm kind of in awe of it, and I'm also baffled. So I reached out to the manager, who is a familiar name in high stakes, to have him explain himself. And he did, and I'll tell you what he said, why his team looks like this. Uh, I'm jealous. He's winning. And more. So uh, thank you. I'm Mike Shoke with Adam Krautwurst, powered by Draft Sharks. We are the deep end. What did you say to me about it? Like it's worse than ever or harder than ever? More time yeah. spent than ever? Yeah, yeah. More time spent. It's not just uh the season we're in, it's it's just the week that we're in. It's so in you know, FFPC and FFWC, you know, once you drop a player after week 10 this week and on, you can't pick them back up. They're 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 locked, except for kickers and defenses. So uh you can't so it's like you know, if you drop a skill skill guy. Uh, don't plan on picking, don't be planning on getting him back, you know? So it makes every decision that much tougher. Um, it's funny. Like I'm not doing waivers near as much for, like I narrowed it down, right? I've got like the teams that are still alive with a couple weeks left and the teams that are completely dead. Those ones I'm just, you know, filling in a starting lineup. So if I need a defense or a kicker, fine. But like, I'm still spending more time because I'm planning out, you know, playoff strategies and I'm planning out, you know, defensive tight end kicker, strategies to go along with injuries and bye weeks still it's like you know it's just a lot you know i'm spending probably double the time on each lineup that i normally would for the lineups that are still alive how are you right now through 10 weeks in general in terms of how much money you have left this this year seems to have been a year where there were never or rarely anyway obvious big spender type names i think you know you didn't have as many big running back injuries and it's all sort of evolved this way where most weeks we sat here and talked like there's nobody really good here. So for me, like I didn't, I don't know. I don't want to say like it was necessarily right, but I have a lot of money left on a lot of teams because I didn't really like anybody that much through the season in most of these leagues. Melvin Gordon is one player I made an exception for um, right in the middle of the season when he was cut. I'm like, all right, well, this is where I'm going to spend my money. So I'm looking at a lot of teams with like $650 left. How about you? Yeah, I, I'm – and I know you have spoken in the past about liking to have the hammer at the end of the year uh, with the fab money, um, which is a fine strategy. Uh, it's worked in your years past. It might work again this year. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if it's going to work any year, it would work this year <laughs> with all the with all the injuries. But I find myself with more money than I've typically had in the past because – uh, I just, there's been no, like, I want to spend it. Don't get me wrong, but there's no people to really spend it on. You know, it's, it's just, there, like you said, there hasn't been that, uh, you know, that Elijah Mitchell, um, there hasn't mm. been that really great handcuff 
running back from a from a full portfolio perspective. Obviously, there are situations in different leagues where you have random guys available. Like I think I picked up Marquise Brown maybe two weeks ago when I spent a ton of fab to to do it. Um, but for for the most part, from a por- por- portfolio perspective, there just hasn't been. And I think a lot of that is owners are a lot more savvy now when it comes to like they're just not dropping running backs and they're picking them up and they're stashing them. And there's a lot more hero and zero RB drafts being done. So you've got people that need to stash. Like I've got, uh, you know, a bunch of rosters with like six or seven running backs on my bench where, you know, there's zeros unless there's an injury and then it's great, you know? So, um, you know, think your, your Deontay Foreman's or whatever, the, the list goes on and on. Um, and so, yeah, the guys are people just aren't dropping the, the, the running backs because they don't want to lose out on that one injury opportunity away. So yeah, there just hasn't been guys for me to for me to spend it on, and so I've got more than I expected, which is good for weeks like this where there's you know Christian Watson's available in a couple leagues where I think I've got the hammer to get him, and and so um, I'm not spending it all again because you got for the playoff teams got a couple weeks left here where again an injury away can can make a big difference, but. Uh, but yeah, nor- normally I'm normally I'm right now I'm scraping. I've got three or four bucks left in a couple leagues for a defense and a kicker. But this year I've got way more. Yeah, I'm somebody you're talking about with the running back point. Um, it, there's just more and more information and good resources to get better at this or what we think is better at this. And Christian Watson is somebody I know I've cut because I'd rather have Zamir White, I guess, on my teams than Christian Watson or Dearness Johnson. I mean. Time's running out for those guys to be relevant at all. We could end up easily looking back on that and asking ourselves if we did the right thing. Paris Campbell is another one. I'm sort of the Paris Campbell guy. And I know it's like three three football guys teams. I think I've caught Paris Campbell. And, you know, I guess I regret that. But that's been that's been kind of the way of the year. One guy that was, okay, this is the time to pounce. For me, this year was Deion Jackson. Yeah. And then he got hurt right away in this first game and Jonathan Taylor got better and they changed quarterbacks and they fired the coach and they changed quarterbacks again. I don't know. And they traded for Zach Moss from the Nike Hines trade. And that seems like a long time ago, uh, Deion Jackson, but a lot of money left and not a lot of time left to use it. Yeah. And there's been some guys, like, I just think of just every year, there's always that one or two running backs or, you know, receivers that really make a huge difference. I mean, there's been a bunch of kind of like, I don't know, B's or B minuses, you know, even um, I think I was in a text store with you talking about Foster Moreau. Like that's, that was a great guy. He's a guy that is going to make that can make a difference, especially with all the injuries we're having. And it's, and we'll talk about it more with the tight ends is a guy like Foster Moreau has proven he can do it in the past when given the opportunity, you know, he scored last week. He almost, he should have scored twice, you know, so he's a guy that is been just as good as Darren Waller has. And he's a guy you can absolutely flex. You know, so there's, there's there's been a lot of that type stuff where, you know, Deion Jackson for a week, he was really good, you know, stuff like that. Um, Kadarius Tony was probably available in a couple spots at some point this year, but there just hasn't been that that superstar. And then we're, we're talking more about like, you know, the FFWC, the FFPC high stakes is obviously in home leagues. There's, there's situations are different where you can pick up these guys. Even, even now, you know, you're, you can pick up your Isaiah Pacheco's and your Jalen Warren's and your stuff like that. So um, Rashad White's probably available on some, on some waiver wires. So, um, but for, for, for the most part, those guys have been owned. I mean, Pacheco and high stakes are getting drafted in the ninth round, you know? So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see if there's a major injury and that's, so that's what I'm doing too. Looking forward here. So if I've got, some money and some room on the, on the, on the roster is, you know, who, 
uh, who's the next guy that's in, that could be an injury or two away that maybe in three weeks pops, you know, once waivers are closed and you can't, you can't get them. So that's why waivers is taking kind of so long this week is you're really diving into upside plays right now. You're diving into upside guys that can, that can, that can win you all the money at the end. That plus the injuries in week 10, you know, not just the tight ends, but Khalil Herbert is an interesting one. Cooper cup, of course, um, you, you're looking for who can I run with this week and also who might play now because Cooper Cup or, you know, Khalil Herbert are injured. And that's quintessentially for me the Dallas Goddard injury trying to figure out, all right, mm. so is, is there value in another tight end there? And there are three names, one of whom I just heard yesterday for the first time in my life, Jack Stoll. <laughs> and I've heard a couple analysts sort of, rep for Jack Stoll. Like, all right, he's the guy that you should want from that group. I don't know. I, Tyree Jackson, there's Calcaterra, and then also Tyree Jackson, who was the University of Buffalo quarterback and so, somewhat surprisingly not drafted, 6'7 and huge, yeah. came to Buffalo to play in the preseason and training camp, was cut, and then eventually emerged in Philadelphia as a tight end. They tore his ACL, I think. He had a serious injury at the end of last season. Man, if that guy can get on the field – and you know make it work what a opportunity he might have and what an athlete jackson is so maybe it's tyree jackson but jack stole one of the first things i did today was all right so this right i'm going through and i searched on the waivers page at ffpc i searched for the name stole because i didn't see it like of course he's not highly owned i wasn't expecting him to be owned at all and I, then i eventually typed the name in the search and yeah. it's not there like, don't tell me someone in this league, this is the best team I have, maybe, with Louis G, this main event team. We're, sec we're second in points. Don't tell me someone else already has Jack Stoll. Like, why would that be? And it turns out the first place team in record and points in this league <laughs> has Jack Stoll on it. And I'm like, Hubbard. <laughs> Freaking Hubbard. So this was a draft in Las Vegas, the Friday night in Las Vegas, it just coincidentally, I hated this draft. Like everything went wrong the way I was seeing, seeing it, but we're second in points to Hubbard, whose friends drafted for him to our left. He's got friends who are professional poker players. Yeah, I and, met them. Great guys. Great. A, yeah. a man and a woman, right? A couple, husband, a couple maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they drafted the team. He came in and out of the room. I just had just met him like an hour earlier on the elevator at Planet Hollywood. So um, <laughs> I, I know I told you this. I'm like, I'm going to reach out to him. I don't need him to come on the show exactly, but because he's probably, he told me how busy he was with his all his waivers action. Right. Tonight. Maybe no, nobody grinds like that guy. So um, I asked him, you know, like, okay, I want to talk about this team of yours tonight, this nine and one team with Jack Stoll on it. But I want to know, make sure it's okay with you if I do that. You know, like, I don't want to just do that and have you find out why, why is he talking about this team and he said sure and i said also what are you doing so <laughs> wait till you see you have it there now right? i do yeah yeah i'll add it yeah okay friends check this out how <laughs> many teams are there like this so this is his he's on the right on the right okay and this is his week 10 game which he won by like 40 yeah yeah of course right? they maybe i should say they um mahomes eckler tony pollard tyree kill juju Harrison Bryant. That's that's nice. Of course. Touchdown. 
Uh, of right. course, not not Goddard. He doesn't have Jack Stoll because he had Goddard. Right. In fact, he and I talked today, as I said, and he drafted Irv Smith and Brevin Jordan, who are no longer on this team. And that was his point. He said, well, you know, I, I, we got to get this team as weak at tight end. They're, they're nine and one. Like, that's what I'm out here doing. Right. Look at the, look at the rest of it. I can't I can't see it. Can, can you scroll down? Oh, there we go. Miles Sanders, Kyren, Shakir, Gabe Davis, Curtis, Logan Tomless, Juwan Johnson, Brock Wright, Jack Stoll, Tanner Hudson. Got to have those, those guys. He had James Mitchell last week and then cut Mitchell for Juwan Johnson, which would seem to be an upgrade. Seven tight ends, right? Seven. Six or seven tight ends on this team, including Jack Stoll, who maybe now is in a good position with Philadelphia. I think it's six and um, Tanner Hudson. And so I brought this up to Dave Hubbard and he, he did say, and I completely of course believe him. He said that Stoll had played a little bit the previous week and was impressive, or maybe it wasn't the exact previous week, but he had seen him and like, buddy, you got me there. Like, <laughs> I, right. I, I, I never heard of the guy. So that's the deep end, Adam. I mean, this tight end room is insane. You agree? Like, uh, there are six tight ends here. We're talking all the time about stashing running backs. Yeah. And here's Dave Hubbard out here, a very successful player, doing something quite different. Yeah, I was just about to say, maybe, uh, you know, maybe never drop a tight end or picking up all the tight ends is the new pick up all the, all the running backs. And Hubbard, he's, uh, he's famous for just being an absolute waiver monster like he's teamed up with billy musio in a in a, in a lot of high stakes stuff and billy's even touted him for his just his waiver prowess and that's just a it's a skill right it's a it's he's been doing it for years he's been super successful at it but yeah six but listen you know what they say when you have six tight ends you really have no tight ends okay? so i don't know so i don't know if i don't know if harvard knows that but um, but, but yeah, no, it's, and it worked, you know, he's going to, he's going to play it. He's going to, and he's loaded everywhere else. You can see, I mean, he's got Gabe Davis on the bench with 21 and, and all, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a nice squad, most points, most, uh, wins, and he's going to be playing tight end by committee. And now there's no one. It's also, you know, I don't, did he mention anything about blocking people from picking up tight ends here no. by having all of them? No, and that was one of my first thoughts about last week, but then I looked and I saw George Kittle on the left. So he wasn't blocking anybody from – wasn't blocking the George Kittle team from picking sure. up the tight end. No, he did not mention that. He's just like, this is where I'm weak. And you see not only Davis on that bench, but Miles Sanders and even Curtis Samuel on that bench. Like, um, I get it. I mean, I get it. So hopefully Louie and I will see him in the playoffs. Um, we're second in points in that league. He's first. And we're five and five, so record is not going to happen there. But I thought you'd love that. That yeah, uh, no, that's that's uh, that's such good stuff, and it's a good point too when talking about like, um, you know, he's weak at tight end, so he's just going to load up on a bunch of tight ends. You know, going through waivers here at the end, I would just encourage people like think big picture, think think upside at this point, especially playing these tournaments for a million million bucks. Like some of these guys in your roster. Like even if 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 they're not an injury away from being a a difference maker, just cut them. Like I'm looking at some Naheem Hines teams where I've got all these injuries and I've got all these bye weeks, and I'm like, man, am I really not going to pick up? And and sometimes I don't have a choice. Like you know me, I have a ton of Dallas Goddard and I have a ton of Evan Evan Ingram, and of course Goddard's hurt and Evan Ingram's on a bye. Like it couldn't have been coming a better week. 
So I'm like, I, and I'm not, you know, and I'm probably not going to drop Goddard because he's going to be back for the three week race. And I'm obviously not dropping Ingram because I'm going to need him and he's on a buy. So it's like, uh, you know, Juju's hurt. Judy's hurt. I'm not dropping those. Like, what, what do I do? It's like Naeem Hines, man, you got, you, you got to go. And a couple of these teams. Cause it's like, do I, I really envision what could happen in Buffalo that Naheem Hines would be a difference maker for me. I mean, every running, they're going to have to get hurt. They probably still like, they're just not going to run it. They're not good at running it. Like he might have a game where he has eight catches, but that might be one game. Like, so there's guys like that where it's just like, if they're not going to have a chance to help you, really help you win the whole thing, sometimes those are the guys that that, got to go. You like them on a bad team. They're never losing the Bills. So they lose, but they're never losing. That's right. That's right. Just like the Ravens. The Ravens lose, but they're never losing. (laughs) The Ravens have been ahead by 10 points in literally every game they've played this year, and they're six and three. Yep. Um, well, one name, one, one, you know, Dave, much respect, and thanks for letting me talk, you know, saying yes to this idea. I wanted to break that team down. I haven't been able to beat it. One team you don't, one name you don't see on that tight end room is Trey McBride. I don't right. know. He went for Stoll and the Giants guy, whose name I already forgot, over uh, McBride, who's up in that league tonight, and he's he doesn't have the money with the work he does left, but other guys do, and I'm making a pretty good bid on McBride, I will tell you, like, what I, what it looks like to me is it's a chance, and he played, you know, the the Ertz role last week after Ertz left. I mean, they didn't go different personnel groups or anything. He was out there, and I have a lot of Murray teams, so it can be an opportunity to sort of find a stack late in the game here, assuming Murray gets back on the field. So, um, man, tight end McBride is somebody for our waivers section, which technically this is not. Um, what what are where are you standing? Goddard, you and I both got hurt there. Draft Sharks Invitational for me. Uh, mm. Goddard goes away for at least a month. Yeah, that's just, that's just brutal. Um, but yeah, but just to Trey McBride, like he's a guy that I think he had like ninety catches last year in college. Like he's got he's got the skills. Again, he's a rookie tight end, but you know I think was it I think it might have been Leone, uh, Mike Leone, two X one Mike on Twitter. I'm talking about like, even if he gets a percentage, like a solid, I think it was like 80% of what Ertz was getting, he can still be a viable tight end. Cause again, we're talking about a position that's crippled. Not, not, now you lose got Goddard was one of the very few tight ends you could start with confidence. Like after Goddard, it's like, you know, Higby now moves back up with the cup injury, but is are they still going to leave him into block? Like, you know, now you've got a list of like Hayden Hurst, Gerald Everett, Foster Moreau, Cole Komet, like Mc, McBride could find himself up in the mix um, for, for the rest, for the rest of the season, you know, especially you've got Marquise Brown might play this week, actually Monday night, Monday night football, but you know, uh, he might be a weapon as, as is all I'm saying. He's got the physical tools. It's hard for a rookie tight end to really break through, but, uh, again, certainly worth a guy rostering at this point with all the injuries, you know, he's, he's, he's a nice guy to see there, uh, on the waivers when you're, when you lose Ertz or when you lose Goddard or something like that. So, um, certainly a guy that you're going to be looking at. Um, I'm, I'm excited to try to add him to a couple of these rosters. McBride, Dulcich, Moreau, all, all stole the names we all had, uh, you know, Mitchell names we all had in mind at the beginning of the year, tight end. I love that you can get into November and still hear names for the first time. I mean, some of us anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just at this point too, you almost want like, if you don't have one of the, you know, one of the top five or six guys, 
for, for the rest of the way, like you really want to start looking at your schedule and looking at like who's good against tight end and draft sharks has that tool strength to schedule or fantasy points allowed to the position. And you really want to, maybe, maybe you do like some, maybe you don't have to go crazy like Hubbard did with six, but you can get three, you know, of McBride, Joan Johnson, and like, you know, Cole Komet or something like Fant. get in there and try to play. I'm sorry. What was that? Fant. Fant. Yeah, exactly. Try to try to get in there and just try to play, play the matchups. I mean, you know, Robert Tanyan faces the, you know, the 28th uh, worst team against uh, tight ends this week against t- Tennessee, you know, Tanner Hudson. There's another one. D- Detroit's 31st ranked against tight ends. So you just really, at that point, you're trying to pop, you're trying to pop in a touchdown for these, these tight ends, you know? So Joan Johnson's a guy that's probably going to slide into some lineups this, this week. And so, yeah, I mean, now would be the time for Kyle Pitts to show up for the rest of the year, right? When we've been waiting on him yes. and now he was just waiting for, waiting for the end here. Waiting for the end to put, put, put on a show, just like uh, uh, who who was it a couple of years ago? Higby had a th- had a th- mm. th- five week stretch at the end of the year where he won every league. So uh, I'm speak I'm speaking it in, into existence. But tight end is just so ugly; it's ugly already. And then to lose like guys that we can believe in here uh, sucks. I would still rather have Pitts than anybody you mentioned. Rest of the season. I know. I know. <sighs> I just want to convert some of these air yards. <laughs> I just feel the problem is like what 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 makes what makes me kind of down in the whole situation is it's not like a situation where you know the coach just has to decide that they're going to give this guy this this guy the ball right even though he still he just needs to decide to throw more. But this is a situation where the last two weeks they have two hundred plus air yards. Like what else do we do we want? Mariota's terrible. Like unless they get away from Mariota, like. What am I looking for? 300 air yards, 400 air yards. Like what if you can't convert on 200 and it's not his fault at all. He's wide open, but like, what, what are we looking for here? <laughs> like he's, you know, 200 more air yards. It's like, ah, all right. You know, but we just need the team to pass more and we need them to bench Marcus Mariota, which could certainly happen. But it's not imminent. I mean, they have Chicago this week, yeah. which I, I like their guys in that matchup. I think you have to, um, I know, Pitts has been debated all year, and I've read, you know, at least one analyst talk about how we should cut him. And the the obvious question to that has always been, like, for whom? For who, right. Who, who are you supposed to be starting instead? Right. Tanner Hudson? Like, what am I supposed to be doing that's reliable? Jawan Johnson has had a couple of games, but it's not like all the better statistics, the predictive stuff is telling you to pick those guys up. Even Higby. Higby went away. Because they couldn't block anybody. Yep. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not cutting a guy who could who could score huge weeks. I mean, he's good enough to do it for somebody like that. Um, so, ride or die, I guess, with Kyle Pitts. Mariota, he's not. He's tricky. Like he's not always terrible. I mean, he's had this kind of career where. Remember this Thursday night game last week was just painful to watch because he wouldn't throw the ball against Carolina and you see him drop back and it's fourth down and the game is ending. He still wouldn't throw the ball. Right. And that happened before in a game. I remember when he played for Tennessee against Jacksonville on a Thursday night, they sacked him nine times and he would drop back and this is the last play and he would get sacked. Like that should just never happen. Easy for me to say, but that should just never happen. But he's also, he's, he's got a road playoff win at Arrowhead. Adam, you'd like one of those. Like, <laughs> I could get one of those. Just give me a shot. He threw a touchdown pass to himself in a road playoff win at Arrowhead. You got to give him right. some credit. Like, there's still 
if, if this next Bears game goes like the last two or three, we're going to be happy and relieved. Pitts, London, yeah. even Cordero Patterson. Like, hopefully the Bears are sort of an automatic, I don't know if they are, but sort of an automatic 50-plus point game. Uh, I guess we'll see. But, yeah, um, yeah, the tough thing. Yeah, the tough thing about Pitts is that the, the schedule is really tough for tight ends down the stretcher, and he still has a bye week left to go. The thing about it is, though, like if you look at the tight end, like Chicago and Washington are two of the best teams against the tight end, but he doesn't really play tight end, like which is good and bad. Like, you know, he's lining up out wide against top corners and running post routes. It's like, okay, I'm glad they, they believe in him, but that's not we, – we talked about this all summer. That's not what you want to do. Hey, look, they went out and drafted Drake London. Awesome. They'll put Drake London outside and do that and let Pitts work. No, they're still moving. You know, they're still putting them. And then on fourth and ten with the game on the line, he's in blocking. Like I just, yeah. it's just like, what? and they still get sacked. And they still get sacked. Ugh. Well, they're a game out of first. That's why he's not coming out. I think. Right. Like they're they're a game out of first place with seven games left. I know. Okay. What else? Waivers? Are we there yet? Or yeah, waivers. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk. We did a little talked a little bit about fab. Right. And- Does the point you made about how in the FFPC non-kicker, non-defense, anybody cut tonight is frozen. Yes. Does that mean anything to the strategy? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, for an example, I I mean, obviously, if everyone dropped is frozen, you know, you know if you drop a player, you're you're not going to be able to pick them back up. But but even deeper than that is, like, there's a situation where, and I had to, and I reminded myself, oh, crap, it's week 10. Like, I can't necessarily... They kind of, there's a situation where I have two court. I've got a Daniel. I've got a really good team, and it's a it's a Daniel Jones and another middling quarterback. I'll think of it. Um, but uh, where I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna wait. For, and there isn't really a quarterbacks that I love on waivers at all. Um, and I'm like, you know, what? I'll wait for somebody to, to drop a quarterback, and someone will drop a quarterback in the next two or three weeks, and I'll be able to p- p- pick one up. Uh, oh, it's Jared Goff. It's a Daniel Jones, Jared Goff team. And I'm just like, man, I just can't I see myself winning all the money with Daniel Jones and Jared Goff. So, and then I'm like, wait, but if somebody drop drops a quarterback, I can't pick them up. So if I want to add to my quarterback stable, it's got to, it's, it's, it's got to be now. So that's a situation where it's not about the players you're dropping. It's about the players that if they get dropped, you can't have them. So if you're looking to get some depth at one of these positions, um, you need to start now because if a player you want comes available, you're not going to be able to get him. So this is kind of your last shot at um, grabbing any players or of any value off of somebody else's roster. It's not going to happen. So you got to go ahead and, and scour the, the as far as the um, skill position players are now. That's to me the biggest kind of caveat in all of this when it goes to waivers is this week. Do you like the rule? I do. I do like like the rule. Maybe – Maybe week ten is a little is a little early, um, but I like the rule that that you can't drop players, and maybe it could could be tweaked. I mean, maybe like the players that are still, I don't know, in the in the playoffs, are able to are able to add and drop those type of guys. Maybe, but I think for the most part, it, it definitely like if you just really want to put a cap on the ability to to cheat or something like that, then they're right. just having a hard and fast rule of, Hey, once a, once a skill player is dropped, you can't pick them back up. And it's not even necessarily cheating. There, there is that there's the collusion, but there's also like, man, some idiot drops. I don't know. I'm just Coop, Cooper, not even an idiot. Someone drops Cooper cup, for an example, with this injury. And it's like, well, you know what? I've got the roster space. I'll add him. 
and now he, let's say he comes back week 15, week 16, and goes crazy, like our, you know, the other leagues, the other teams in those leagues didn't that are chasing the million dollars didn't have an opportunity to do that because no one in their league dropped dropped Cooper Cup. So, uh, you know, you can say, oh, well, you know, it's luck and whatever, but um, but Jimmy Jimmy Williams thinks that uh, week 10 is too, too early. So, Well, it's a 12-week season, though. Yeah. Right? So it's close. I, I like it, too. Again, like if I – let's say Adam and I are a league together and my team is really good and his is terrible. This, of course, would never happen. But of course. mine is good and his is bad. And so he cuts somebody good and I just pick them up. It can look like we planned it. Uh, I saved the money. And, you know, you can't – you can't police against that kind of thing 100%. But you have to try, right? So, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I I do like it. I don't think I've done anything differently because of it today. Uh, and I and I'm dropping cup. I am dropping cup. By the way. Oh, interesting. Talk about so, that. Because I've got you know me. I've got a ton of Cooper Cup. Are you dropping them everywhere or just where? It, you know, yeah. Okay. Why? Um, it's four weeks for sure. Yep. And then, given. I think this is pretty much the consensus, like that the Rams are so bad, so unable to block. Like if I were the Rams, I would just be like, you know what, guys, take the rest of the year off. It's not literally, but like they won the Super Bowl. They have had a terrible year injuries. They lost two or three other linemen, I think, recently. Like it's just they can't keep up. And so when he comes back, maybe he maybe he has ankle surgery and plays in five weeks. But he can't play before that. And I've got only three of those weeks where I care about. Yes, it's for all the money, but I just don't expect him to get better that fast and produce on this team that has so many problems. And then there's the matter of their incentive. I mean, maybe he would have his own to play, and I would kind of think so. But the incentive team-wise just to me is, you know what? I'm going to try somebody else. And, you know, most of these teams, I'm trying to get in. I'm trying to win. It's not like I'm all set. Maybe that would be different if I were all set. If I had that Dave Hubbard team and 9-1 and one most points, I have one team that is close to that, but that's it. You know, and that team doesn't have Cooper Cup on it. If it did, then maybe I would look at it differently and think, let's just hold on because why not? But most of my teams, I mean, I want, like, Treston Ebner, more than I want Cooper Cup. I feel like there's a, there's both because of how I built my teams, you know, most of them just need one of these running backs to fall into a good situation. And the more of those guys I have, the better odds I have. You know, you're just sort of waiting on an injury, Samaj P. Ryan or somebody like that. So um, could get burned, but I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. I think my view on a lot of it is, and I guess it would, it would depend on the team, but. You know, if it, it, my, my team's like the only, not the only, but like if you're going to win a million dollars and these, and, and again, I'm talking more about tournament teams here, FFWC, FFPC, you know, even football guys with the half million, like these tournaments, like I think the only way I'm going to be able to win a tournament on my Cooper Cup teams is if Cooper Cup comes back and plays eventually and gets me 25 points the last week of the year or 25 the last two weeks of the year. So, like, I think I'm going to end up holding him unless there was something else that really, because, you know, you can always wait a week and drop him later if you need to for a defense or a whatever, um, if, 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 you, if you really have to. But I just think that, like, there's just no players out there at this point, I think, that would really, I mean, unless you think 
Ben Squaronic or, you know, Van Jefferson. Like, like my thing is if there was a player, and this is, this is like even like a bigger thought process of why, um, why people, you know, like the zero and hero RB is because, you know, you, you, you have all these running backs and they're, and they're injury away. Well, very rarely is a receiver an injury away, right? Like there's not Cooper cup goes down and every let's Cooper cup goes down and every single Rams receiver is on waivers. Are you running to waivers to get any of them? Like, no, like you'll put a bid in on one or two, like fine. I'll, you know, they're rosterable. They're probably startable in a flex spot, but we're not excited to start any of them. Ben Skoranek, Allen Robinson. I mean, nobody wants Allen Robinson to be better than, than me. And I'm not even excited to throw him in, in a lineup. So I just think that like, unless you're filling Cooper cups role with a guy who you're confident in starting every week, you know, from waivers or anywhere, like I just think Cooper cup, my strategy is hold him, pray he plays. Um, and if he doesn't play well, I'm not going to win anyways. So I might as well, I'd rather have him on my roster and cross my fingers for him to, for him to play week 16. And I'm not even arguing that like he should, because he probably shouldn't. They're going to be, like you said, they're going to be terrible coming off ankle surgery. Like, dude, just take the last two weeks off and we'll see. It's just see you next year, but Hey, teams do crazy things. He has given you at least, you know, a very good season to this point. Not like somebody who, busted from the beginning and you had to drag him through your lineup because he couldn't right. pass. I mean, at least he gave you a good year. You and I have him in our FFWC dynasty one K league. Got him in the second round there and that'll cost us, but we do have Kadarius Tony. Oh, baby, baby, baby. Oh, baby. I love it. Yeah, no, Tony's exciting. And for people who are, you know, in the leagues where Tony's available still maybe, uh, or even if he's on their bench, like how do you feel about, like I'm sliding him in, in the lineups. Juju, who I love, probably won't play this week. This is his fourth concussion uh, for his in, in his career, so that's brutal. And it was a bad one too. And this whole season's been team's been super safe with the concussions, so I don't see him playing this week for sure. Um, you know, so you've got Tony, you've got MVS. Like I'm excited to throw to throw Tony into, into a into my lineups where I've got him, you know, and kind of, especially with the bye weeks and, and, and injuries. Hey dude, like go, go get me 30 just this week. Cause it's, he's mm. capable of it. He's capable of it. So um, I think we'll progress more. People are worried last week. Oh, we only saw, you know, 17% of the route or whatever it was. It was 17%. And even with Juju out and it's like, well, a lot of times they don't, you know, in the week game plan leading up to it, he might not be Juju's direct backup. So like they're not planning on, Hey, if Juju's out, you're just going to slide into that role. Right. They have their kind of guys that wrote that were rotate in. That might've not been his plan. So, but now they've got a week to plan on him playing. So, uh, Oh, I see his playing time going way up. And when he's out there, they get him the ball. So, uh, super exciting. Who do, who do the chiefs play this week? Uh, the, the chargers, chargers. I think, right. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could That's be a fine. great, a great spot fine. for him. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, that could really take off. Hardman was out too. MVS had something today. Guys are sick, and um, there's got. I mean, that's why you do it. You make this trade. You have this the, the ceiling outcome here. I, I think that that's really exciting. I don't have a lot of Tony. You were the you were more on him this year than I was, and he was. I'm sure cut by a lot of people. <laughs> Just the Giants thing was so hopeless. But now look, so that's exciting. Waiver wise. I mentioned Ebner for the Bears with Herbert out for a few weeks. I feel like there's going to be some role there. Keontae Ingram in Arizona with Eno Benjamin cut and then eventually signed by Houston. Ingram with James Conner's injury history, too. I feel like Ingram is worth some money tonight. 
By the way, what do you think of Benjamin on Houston? Uh, I think he's um, – I don't think he's startable, uh, but, you know, obviously he's uh, uh, going to be there in the pass catching role. I don't think it's you – know, I don't think it's great for, for, for Pierce. I was Pierce was getting more and more of the pass down work and stuff like that, so I think that definitely takes a lot of that, that away. I also don't like my running backs getting 30 carries. So, yeah. like, I don't mind Pierce at 18 carries and, you know, a couple of targets – so that's fine. I don't think he's going to get the goal line work or anything like that. So, um, so we'll see there. I'm, I'm okay with him there. I, I would rather have him there for his sake. I'd rather have him there than in Arizona in some type of three man backfield. So um, I'm totally okay with that. Ingram's a great, a great point. Uh, I still have Ingram on, on, a, on a team from when I picked him up a, m- a month ago, he's just kind of been hanging around. So I'm happy about that. If he's available, I put some stuff in a, some fad budget in on there. Um, Abner was an, was another, is another gr- great one. He's a guy that has an opportunity now. Um, and, and he's an injury away from having an even bigger opportunity. That's the whole thing. Right. So, uh, for sure, definitely, definitely looking at picking him up and he's available everywhere. Um, and some other guys too, that might, um, you know, C- Christian Watson is a guy that's, that's available in a lot of spots because he's just been so disappointing maybe not disappointing, but he just hasn't popped yet. But, and normally I would be like, like my initial reaction was, you know what? Christian Watson just hasn't done anything. And it was all this knock about how raw he is and this and that. But I just feel like he's another guy that like Theo Greminger is going to be telling us about in six months. He's going to be in, in his, in his article about rookie rookie receivers that popped the second half of the year. And it could, it could, could be him. I mean, he's got a hall of fame quarterback. Like, you know, he's, there's nothing really to speak of on that roster as far as receivers are concerned. Maybe it clicked for him, you know. I mean, don't don't expect three touchdowns. Be, be happy with three touchdowns total the rest of the year, but like, mm. uh, don't expect that type of game. But he's going to be a big part of the passing game with with Dobbs out another couple weeks, and and so yeah, we'll we'll see. But he's a guy that's that's available out there that's certainly worth picking up. Draft Sharks has a thirty to thirty five percent blind bid recommendation on him. Love that, Donovan Peoples Jones for the Browns. If he's available, sort of a name that gets looked over but he's in a good spot and he's mattering to that team you know we might have a few feet of snow though here this week oh. uh, maybe this isn't the week to roll him in or anybody else maybe from that that game you know if the if the weather is as bad as they predict who would you start like do you have to start stefan Diggs oh. in a game where there's two feet of snow but, but by the way so i mean i live in Grand Island, which is just north of Buffalo, and it's all we've been hearing about for three days, is this storm, which is underway, by the way, south of the city, well south. But we're, we're looking at snow from tonight through Sunday, and it'll be in the feet in, in the city of Buffalo, and where the stadium is, if you don't know, is south of Buffalo, and that'll be at least as much snow there. It always is. So, you know, it'll be a matter of whether or not the town and the county can handle it and people can get out of their homes and have power and these things, these real life things, but it might not snow during the game. The the game time is toward the end of it. And I was thinking about this today, like for this morning, well, what you might want to do then is move the game to Monday if it's too bad out and the city is paralyzed because, you know, that's happened before that's easy enough to do, but the bills play on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So there's no way they would move the game to Monday because of that, unless they move that game, right? So no, no right. one seems to be really talking about playing the game somewhere else or at a different time. But 
you're you're going to get updates here for the next three plus days about just like whether or not the Browns have to be able to get in. <laughs> it's lake effect. It's like right from Cleveland to Buffalo is this storm. I was talking to their radio analyst today, Nathan Zagura, and he's like, I don't really like to travel in that weather, but there's no other, there's no way around it unless they left this afternoon, the Browns. Right. So it will be an interesting few days. And I don't know, the, the last big snow game here, people remember was against Indianapolis five years ago. Jacoby Brissett was the starting quarterback against Nathan Peterman, by the way, that day. <laughs> uh, Peterman got hurt and Joe Webb went in and threw a big pass in overtime, but it yep. was Brissett who started that game and Brissett will start this game. So he's, uh, been there before. And that win got helped propel the bills into the playoffs that year. I think, uh, just insane. Um, yeah, a lot to unpack there. I think so from fantasy perspective, as long as it's done and, and everyone's prepared for this, right? Like it's not like that hurt, that storm they had maybe a couple of years before that, where, you know, it came out of nowhere and it apparently, you know, it was, um, they when moved, they moved they the game to Detroit, moved the game to Detroit. It's not going to be like we know it's coming. In fact, I think the governor shut the throughway down all the way through to Buffalo starting tomorrow. Like people, the crews are going to going to be out there. If it's done snowing in the like by the like as long as the field is clear, like Allen can play in the cold. If he proved it last year, twenty degrees below zero in the playoffs, he was perfect. So like I think as long as it's not like uh, doing it during the game, I think you still start all your normal players. Um, obviously you prefer a dome. I'd prefer a dome. Just throwing that out there. I know it's too late, but uh, it's too late for this week. I know it's too late to have a dome in Buffalo for a stadium, but, um, but yes. Yeah, so, and I'm actually going to be at the game, Mike. So I'm, <laughs> you think I'm, so, huh? No, uh, maybe I won't, maybe, maybe I won't be, I won't be at the game this, this week, but, um, I have tickets, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah start, start 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 your belt, and you want to start your Browns because if it's a run, if it's a run heavy game, man, what's the spread on this? Then this, this bad boy, eight you know, and forty one. Yeah, so the, the, the total is down from forty six or higher to forty one and a half today. They're, they're serious enough about the forecast to do that. I, I don't know, like twenty to thirty mile an hour winds. It's the other New England at Buffalo game last year that gives me pause about Allen and the Bills when the Patriots threw the ball three times and won here. He can run it. But last week, they didn't let him run it, except on scrambles. Like, there were no design runs for him because of his elbow. So. <laughs> yeah, who knows? It's it's just so hard. And, and you know, watching the – hearing from the people who were, you know, doing the L22, talking about how they were – the Vikings were more than happy to let Josh Allen run on Sunday. And they just – like like you said, they didn't they didn't have him running. So, uh, But before we go, we do have a question here from Jimmy again. Even though uh, – even though Abib, the GOAT – Won the money, won all the money in the football guys with no kicker. Uh, what are our thoughts on carrying one or two kickers into the into the shootout? Um, so this is why I prefer team kicker, and this is why I like the the FFWC does team kicker, which I love because as long as you don't have a kicker on a buy, you just have to carry one, right? Because if he goes down, you you get the other one the next the, the the next week. But for leagues where you where you don't have team kicker, I'm carrying two because I because defense is a little bit different. Well, defense is a lot, a lot different because there's no injury. That's they're gonna still going to play. They're yeah. still, they're still going to play. You're still going to have a defense out there, but also like, especially in like the FFPC, like they don't score a lot of, like you need to like a defensive touchdown for your defense to really mean something. Kickers can score 18 points. There's probably one to two kickers every week that score between 15 and 20 points. So I don't want to go without a kicker at all. So I'm carrying two and I'm, and I'm looking at that stuff. Now I'm looking at, this is going to sound crazy, but like, this is why it takes so long to do waivers. I'm looking at, especially because I have a ton of Ryan suck up 
and he's the number two kicker this this year. And I don't really want to drop him, but in some places I have to. But at least I can pick him back up. But I'm looking at weather. I'm looking at domes for the next couple of weeks for the, for the for the playoff weeks 13, 14, 15 because I want to carry kickers that I know are going to aren't going to be playing in Buffalo thirty mile an hour winds when I need you know to play for a million bucks. So uh, that's the type of stuff I'm looking at uh, as far as waivers. Yeah, I guess. Um, not some, <laughs> not something I've worried about tonight. Sure. Cause you can pick weeks. them up the next couple of weeks. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll have teams that are in the league playoffs trying to get through. And then you'll have teams that, you know, are going into the, into the tournament. And so you might play that differently depending, but there have been a lot of injuries at, at kicker last year. There were two, but like Boswell and Dustin Hopkins and these guys, uh, the, Titans tomorrow night, Bullock is out for that game. So that's something to know tonight on waivers. If he's your kicker, I don't know why he would be, but there are a lot, there's a lot of injuries and developments at that position, which is kind of weird. Do you think, and this is probably a stupid question and let me know if you have to go though. I know you, uh, but do you think there's something to not playing preseason games that has led to more injuries? I mean, this is the, this has been the worst season ever that I can remember and people that gets said a lot, but this year, no, I don't think anyone can really argue it. Like, do you think preseason has anything to do with that? Just the, maybe not the games, but the lack of like practices and there's only so many practices you can have and all that type of stuff. I feel like their bodies just aren't, aren't ready to roll here. I don't. Okay. Um, I really want to see it to believe it first anyway, because it does, you said it, it always does seem like that, but I don't because on the other side of that, Teams are way better than they used to be about managing usage. The practice point is a point, I think, for players' health, not against. So, I mean, bigger, faster, stronger, maybe more passing plays contributes. I haven't thought a lot about it. Uh, but, no, I, I think the, pre the taking the preseason off is good for the wear and tear and the, the – better odds of surviving injuries. It's bad for your sharpness. I mean, there has to be something like, look, if you look at the Broncos, I don't think it's a big one, but it can't be a negative to run routes, to run plays in preseason games. If you knew you were going to stay healthy, they would all do it. Correct. They would all, yeah. they would all play the whole game or most of the game and then evaluate some depth toward the end. Uh, but no, I, I think my, my first reaction to that question is probably not. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, mine is too. And I, uh, I just, uh, it's just been, and, and who knows too, maybe it's just a, all the injuries happen are coming to the stars this year. Whereas in previous years, it's, it's the same amount, but it's the guys that don't really, you know, don't score all the, all of the points, you know? So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll like, like you said, we'll see moving forward on what the numbers come out there. But, um, but it's just been, it's just been a while, a wild year. Like you said, the kickers, it's just, <laughs> it's everybody. I I bet if you talk to a doctor, knees, ankles, feet, like the human body, the evolution of the human body, is the ankle better equipped to resist the kind of torque and the kind of, you know, velocity uh, force in these hits than in the past? I mean, it's a gradual thing, but I don't know that our ankles are necessarily stronger. I don't really want to be talking like this because I don't know these answers, <laughs> but it, it seems right to me that. Like everybody's got an ankle injury. That's right. the one. Everybody's always dealing with an ankle injury. High ankle, low ankle. High ankle. What what's tightrope surgery? 
you know, Jerry Judy doesn't have an ankle injury. He has a muscle behind the ankle injury. Like just, there's a lot, that's a pretty weak area of the body maybe. And the game of football is not your friend. When Maybe you should play it on grass. That, may, that might be another thing too. Let's get back to playing yeah. on grass. Even, even though the game is worse. I mean, guys are slipping and I forget what game I was watching on Sunday. Guys are slipping and falling all over the place on these grass. Germany. That's what it was. Yes. It was in the morning. Germany. Yep. Absolutely. Guys are falling. Over. John Brady was about to, about to moss that dude. And uh, he he slipped and fell, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a lot worse of a game. But man, the injuries, uh, I think you'd have a lot less injuries. Adam wants a dome in Buffalo with grass. That's yes, we, we, we can do that. Come yeah, we on. can do that. I mean, that is that is done. Of what is Arizona? Doesn't is it Vegas or Arizona or both? They I think it's Vegas for sure. Vegas for sure. Yeah, they moved the grass in, but. In Buffalo, where would you keep it? That's right. You can't keep it outside. <laughs> you can't keep it outside. You need a whole new giant building for the grass. For the grass. Oh, boy. No, no. Great idea. Well, good luck tonight. It's um, going to be tough. A lot of, there'll be a lot to talk about from tonight. I'm sure there'll be some wild numbers. Guys with money to burn. Just, all right, let me have Treston Ebner for 800 bucks. You know, we'll, we'll take our beatings from Darren tomorrow That's on Twitter. <laughs> Anybody doing run it, that? Run it by Darren. Run it. Take, just oh, stop over at the Sizzler and see what he's got going on. He is the gatekeeper, and we love him. <laughs> All right. Uh, at Shope Talk for me, you see it on the screen, maybe. S-C-H-O-P-P-T-A-L-K, at Adam underscore Krautwurst. For Adam, at DeepEndFF1 to find us, at Draft Sharks. You mentioned the Draft Sharks um, strength of schedule point earlier. I just want to add, in Dynasty, I was working on a couple trades this week. Their trade uh, page is in, it's incredible. Like the draft sharks, it's, it's for this year, right? For like redraft leagues, that yep. trade page, which has everybody's like remaining games. This is your up, up or down arrows this week, next week. Just like so much detail that, and always really attractive too. So if you're in redraft leagues where there is trading, highly recommend the, the draft sharks insider subscription because that trade page is just super cool it's just fun yeah. even if you don't have fantasy team adam it's just fun anyway to play yeah with. it's in there under, under tools under trade navigator you get in there and you, can, you can do all yeah it's um they have the, the tools at draft sharks are second to none uh yeah jump in there and look around navigate your high ankles off at the uh, draft sharks page <laughs> that's right all right adam good luck thanks everybody for watching see you next week thanks see you guys